0: You're now listening to the Stoville Pentecostal Church Audio Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Our message today was preached by our lead pastor, Pastor Jeff Lair. Have a listen. Today we are beginning a new series in the book of First John. And uh, I think I'm just I'm just I've just been calling it some things in First John. Uh, I know that doesn't sound too creative, but There's actually uh, numerous times, four times to be exact, where John says these words or something like these words. He says, uh, we are writing these words so that blah, 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 or I am writing these words so that. And so there's four of them, and we're going to look at uh, all four of those reasons uh, as we walk through this series. It's a rich, rich book, 1 John. It's only five chapters, but it is a powerful book filled with uh, uh, lots of amazing things to talk about. John had a few reasons why he wrote the, why he wrote the letter, and like I said, he, he said, I am writing these words, and he said that about four times, and uh, they're, they're this, basically. He said, he, he was writing, I'm writing these words to promote joy. I'm writing these words to prevent you from sinning. I'm writing these words to protect you from false teachers. And I'm writing these words to give you the assurance of salvation. And we're going to look at all four of those. Um, let's just get right into it today. We're going to start right at the beginning of the book, 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. And it says this, We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, Whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. This one who is life itself was revealed to us, and we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father, and then he was revealed to us. We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing, here here we go, here's the first one. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. Amen. Some of you would know we're writing these things so that your joy may be full or your joy may be complete. So we all want things that are real, Everybody prefers things that are real. Like if we had the money, you'd prefer a real diamond over a fake one, if you had the money. If you had the money, you would prefer, you would prefer a real pearl over manufactured ones. Um, a lot of us would prefer real wild salmon over buying fish from fish farms. We just like real things. Musicians prefer real Strat guitars not the fake copy ones. We always want the real thing. Nobody wants the substitute if the real thing is available. And John begins his letter uh, because he wants his readers to know something. He wants them to know that Jesus is real, that Jesus is the real thing and that Jesus is the real deal. So he had discovered, John had discovered something real, someone real who was much better than any alternative that he had ever found before. It was Jesus, the Son of God. He calls him the Word of Life. John was concerned about the false teachers that were going around telling people uh, a a version of Jesus that was not really true. One of those groups was the Gnostics, and they they were going around after the time of Paul shortly after Paul died, and they were one group that were saying that Jesus didn't have a real body, that he was spirit only. And John wants to make sure that believers know the truth. He, he wants you to know that Jesus is the real deal in every way. Uh, and, and, and then he goes ahead and calls him the word of life, which is uh, an amazing, an amazing title. He says, Listen, Jesus is the connection between God and humanity. And and to know Jesus means that you know the Father. He came to show us God's love and to reveal to us God's heart. He came to show us the Lord's plan for salvation, how he was going to rescue us back to himself. Look at John chapter 14, verse 9. It says, Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? He's saying, listen, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus is God's revelation of himself. He came into the world. He took on human flesh. Colossians chapter 1, verse 17. Look at these powerful verses. Says he existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God, in all his fullness, was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God, recon- God reconciled everything to himself he made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions, yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. Physical body, there you go. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. See, knowing the truth about Jesus is really important and John wants his readers to know. One of the first things he says is, this guy is legit, he is absolutely true, he's real. Jesus is important. If you, he is God and man and if you take either one of those away, it's not the same Jesus that John knew. It's not the same Jesus that the disciples knew to be true and real. John says, we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, meaning he's God. So don't believe these false teachers. Listen to us. Listen to me. Listen to those of us who knew him. We spent time with him. John says, we have Heard him with our own ears. We have seen him with our own eyes. We have touched him with our own hands. John was there when Jesus did miracles. He was there when Jesus healed the lame, the blind, and the deaf. He was there when he raised the dead. He saw him and spoke to him and ate with him after he rose from the grave. In his gospel, John calls Jesus the Word. And now he adds another title, the Word of Life. We know that Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He came to give us a better life now and a spiritual life that will last for all of eternity. There are lots of people in this world that are physically alive, but they are spiritually dead. And I know that you you, you get that. There are tons of us who are physically alive, but spiritually dead. Jesus says, Listen, I have come to give you life. I've come to give you spiritual life, eternal life for for everyone and anyone who would believe. He is the word of life, John says, that's been revealed to us. He is the real deal. So he starts by saying, Jesus is real. Uh, Next, he talks about Jesus, that Jesus can be experienced. And uh, look at this verse, 1 John 1, 2. It says, This one who is life itself was revealed to us, and we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father, and then he was revealed to us. He's saying, listen, I've had a personal encounter with Jesus I've experienced him. I've been with him. I've seen him. I've heard him. I've touched him. I've ate with him. I've heard what he's said. I've seen what he's done. He, he, he is real and he can be experienced. He, John says, listen, I didn't inherit it from someone else. I didn't read about him in a book. I experienced him for myself. I encountered Jesus and I knew him personally. Now, some may say John had this huge advantage of being alive at, during the time of Jesus and interacting with him on earth, like, like, darn, we were born 2,000 years too late. But it's actually not true. No matter how we slice it, here's the truth. He is still here, and he is still with us. Somebody said Amen. Someone in this room said amen. Come on, help me out. Yeah. He is still here and still here with us, and he still can be experienced today. Jesus left the Holy Spirit. He is with us even now. He's with us even now, even in this moment right now. John chapter 14, this is what Jesus said. He said, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. He's saying, Listen, I, yes. I'm leaving but I, physically, but I am leaving with you the gift, the presence of the Holy Spirit. He will be everything that you need. We can experience Jesus right here and right now through the presence of the Holy Spirit. The word of life, did not come to bring us death and condemnation and then to leave us abandoned as orphans. No, that's not what he says. He says, listen, I have come. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I have come to bring you healing. I've come to bring you salvation, freedom, joy, and strength. I will not abandon you. So if John could experience Jesus, then we can experience Jesus too. We receive his life when we choose to follow him. And the idea of having to wait for heaven before we can experience Jesus is wrong thinking. Of course, heaven will ultimately be the perfect place where we will know his presence and be in his presence like we've not known it before. But we can experience him right now. We can know him. We can experience him through worship. We can experience him through the word. I'm hoping that the Holy Spirit is talking to you right now. We can experience him through prayer. We we can experience him by looking around at creation and being in awe of his power. We can listen to the testimony of a transformed life and feel the presence of the Lord in our own hearts. Have, has it ever happened to you? That's why we love testimonies, because not only does it encourage the person who's speaking, but it encourages us who listen. We experience Him through that. We, we can experience Him as we serve others, we, we can experience Him in so many different ways. We can experience him in a time of need. Have you ever been in a time of need? You've been hurting, you've needed something physically, emotionally, financially, whatever the case may be, and you have felt his presence and seen his power. We can feel him and experience him. One of the keys to doing this is desire. It it really is. Do you want to experience him? Do you want to know him? Do you want his presence in your life, in your home, in your room? Do you want his presence to be with you, in you, around you, among you, leading you, guiding you, speaking to you? Desire is a huge thing. David said, as the deer pants for water, so my soul longs for you. What kind of desire do you have for the Holy Spirit? Look at these verses. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 13 says, If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. And Proverbs 8:17 says, I love all who love me, and those who search will surely find me. And look what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7: Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. He's talking about persistent desire. Persistent desire. Do we have it? Sometimes we desire the Lord in a time of need, we pray more, and then in a time of plenty, He seems to get put on the back shelf. But we can experience the Lord if we have the desire to do so. He says, if you seek me, you'll find me. If you keep on asking, you're going to find. If you keep on knocking, I'm going to come. The door will open. What kind of desire do you have for the presence of the Holy Spirit? There are times in our lives when we have known the presence of the Lord Those of us who have followed him for any length of time, even as I say this, if you begin to think about the times in your life when you have felt the presence of the Lord, it'll warm you up inside on a cold day. (laughs) He has changed us for the better, amen? You have felt his presence and known his love. See, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it and i encourage us all we've got to ask for more desire we need his help even to desire him say lord i need more desire to desire you can you give me that i need help with that there's so many things in my life that i desire so many things that lead me down to the left and to the right sometimes i get lost and i lose you in the process but lord I am hungry for you. I am thirsty for you. I want that same passion, that same desire that David had, that just like I want a drink on a hot day is how I want to know you. There are times when we have known him. You have have experienced him. Times in your life when you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that it was the presence of the Lord. See, those are moments that we'll never forget. I encourage us all, we have got to ask for more desire. We've got to find a way to seek his presence and to spend more time in his presence. He can be found, he says. He can be found. He can be experienced if we would sincerely look. And so that's on us today. So, John says Jesus is real. He says that uh, Jesus can be experienced, and uh, the next point he says is that we all have something in common, and look at 1 John 1 verse 3. It says, we proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard, so that you may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things, here's that phrase, we are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. See, coming to Jesus, it brings us into fellowship. Now, fellowship is a bit of a sort of an odd, uncommon word that we don't really use very much anymore. But all all it really means is, Uh, a basic understanding of fellowship is that it means that we have something in common. It means that we're partaking of something together. And by the way, it's not just church people drinking coffee and talking in the lobby after a service. That's a little bit of it. But it's a lot more than that. Remember the good old days when we could stand in the lobby and drink coffee together? Wow. Those good old days are coming back. Hang in there. We'll get there, but it's a deeper connection than just that. You know, it's if two people like anything, like cooking or sports or music or or fishing or whatever it is that might connect them. If that topic comes up, all of a sudden. Two complete strangers now have something in common and it connects them and they, 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 they can openly talk about it and they openly have this connection now with each other that they didn't have before. Their fellowship is having something in common. Now, believers have the things of Christ in common. We enjoy Jesus together. We partake of his blessings of his love, of his presence together. It brings us into fellowship with each other and with him. So we are one in him. We share Jesus. We have this common connection that brings us together, that he's our Lord and that it actually connects us all for all of eternity. And that, my friends, is a powerful connection. But there's also this vertical connection this vertical fellowship that goes on. Uh, We are connected to each other, but now uh, John says we're connected also to the Father and to the Son. Uh, This is what Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 1. He said, and because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises, listen to this sentence. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. These promises have enabled us to share in his divine nature. The word share there in that verse is actually from the same Greek root word that is translated fellowship in 1 John 1.3. So think about how incredible that is, that we not just that we have fellowship with each other, but that we have fellowship with the Father. I mean, just think about that. We once were separated, we once were apart from him, but because of Jesus and because of his victory over sin and death on the cross, we now share in that divine nature. We are joined together with each other and now with God in a way that we were never joined before. Our fellowship with him is rich and deep and strong because of Jesus. So those in fellowship with each other, they share resources, they share responsibilities together. We, we're pulling in the same direction. We're, we're trying to accomplish the same things. And because we're in fellowship with him, he's willing now, of course, to share with us His love, His power, His wisdom, His strength, His courage. He gives it all to us. We're working with Him. We're working with Him for the same purpose. We're on Team Jesus. And so we have all the resources that Jesus has. A great benefit of being in fellowship with Jesus is also that we become more like Him. This is something that should be going on in our lives his love, his priorities, his compassion, etc., his desire, they're now all a part of us. We are in fellowship with him. We have something in common. We are connected. We are partaking together. And so there's something deep and powerful about being in fellowship with each other, other, and with the Son. It's pretty awesome when you think about it. So he says this, Finally, in verse 4, he says, the result is joy. Because we're connected in fellowship with each other and with the Lord, the result should be joy. that joy should be the growing result of our fellowship with the Lord. That we can now fully share in His joy. We couldn't fully share in His joy before, but when we are joined together in fellowship with Him, we can. Now, I get... That it's, not, it, it, that it's not always easy. But I want you to know it's possible, but it's not always easy, I get that, for us to attain this fullness of joy, this, this sense of joy, this sharing of his joy. It seems that our joy gets attacked on all sides, on, on all sides. And sometimes like we know our circumstances, our mood, people around us, Uh, our sin, uh, and a million other things can seem to drain us of joy, steal our joy, take our joy. And John is reminding us here how special our connection is to each other and with Jesus. We can be eternally connected. We are eternally connected to the word of life. He calls him that. The word of life the supernatural joy giver, the one who bears burdens, who we put heavy things on him and he puts beautiful things on us. There is a lovely exchange when we're in fellowship with Jesus. We are eternally connected to the word of life and eternally connected to the supernatural joy giver. You know, we have to stop being passive, I think, about losing our joy. We, we, I think we just accept it as part of our routine, our regular life. Oh, I've had a bad day, so now I have no joy. Oh, man, the guy cut me off in traffic, so now my days day is fried. You know? Oh, I've had bad news, so now my joy is gone until, a, until I can sort of try to find it again in a day or two or four or five or a month or six weeks or however long it takes us. We we need to stop being passive about losing our joy. Charles Spurgeon actually said this, which I thought was, was interesting. He said, if any of you have lost your joy of the Lord, I pray that you do not think it is a small loss. An interesting quote. He said, if any of you have lost the joy of the Lord, I pray that you do not think it's a small loss. And he's right. It's not a small loss. It's a big loss. And it's time that we not be so passive about it, that we not say, "Well, whatever. I've had a bad day, so, you know, somehow some way we've got to plug the holes. We've got to fight for our joy. We've got to lean in, have closer fellowship with the supernatural joy giver, the word of life, and let him pour his life and his strength and his power back into me when I've had a bad day. Somehow, Lord, I can't just be okay with walking around for weeks on end, feeling like I'm lost, that I have no strength, no joy, no encouragement. Lord, it's not what you want for me, and it's not what you want, what he wants for you. And so I encourage us, let's not be so passive about it. It's a big loss, And when we incur a big loss, we do whatever we can to recoup that loss. And so it's time to get our joy back. Come on now. It's time to get your joy back. John says we're writing these things so that you may fully share our joy, so that your joy may be full or that your joy may be complete. He doesn't say so that your joy can be Uh, a quarter full. He doesn't say so that your joy can be half full. He doesn't say that. He says so that your joy, I'm writing these words so so that you can share in the fullness of joy that we have experienced by being in fellowship with Jesus Christ. When we are in fellowship with him, there is no reason for us to walk around without this joy. John says, I am writing these words to you so that you may fully share our joy, so that your joy may be full. See, understand that your connection, your fellowship with the Lord, it's cause for your joy to be full. You don't need any other reason than that. You're connected to the eternal word of life, the supernatural joy giver. And because of that, my joy can be full. I wanted to read these verses for you uh, as we close today in Revelation 21. This is John, again, who wrote the book of Revelation, and he says these words, I saw no temple. He's talking about the new heaven and the new earth and the new Jerusalem that God is, uh, is, um, is going to be putting all together at the end of time. And he says, I saw no temple in the city, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city and the Lamb is its light. The nations will walk in its light and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory, its gates will never be closed at the end of day because there is no night there. And all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty. But, but check this out. But only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. I just wanted to read that because it just reminded me this week of our connection to the word of life. If our names are written in the Lamb's book of life, because we're connected to Jesus, the word of life, it is all the reason we need for our joy to be full. It's it's all the reason for joy that we will ever need. It's because, listen, at the end of the day, Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. At the end of the day, you are in fellowship with the word of life, Jesus, the supernatural joy giver. And that, my friends, is reason enough for my joy to be full, no matter what comes my way, no matter what happens to this world, that if I die tomorrow, that if something negative happens to me, my fellowship with him, my connection to him, does not go away. It lasts for eternity, and I will be in his presence, and I will be saved. Isn't that cause for joy? Thank you. Vic just said amen, just just to help me out. But this is cause for joy. It is the reason why I can fully share his joy because I am fully connected to him and I am fully safe in his hand. See, I write these words, he says. I write these words. I write these words so that your joy may be full. One of the reasons he wrote this letter, and it starts in the first four verses, is because he wanted his readers to know their connection to each other and their connection to the Lord Jesus Christ is cause for their joy to be full. Grab that today. Understand that today. Believer, if you know the Lord and you're a little short on joy, sink sink into him just a little bit deeper. Spend time doing something that will invite his presence into your life. Turn off the TV for a little bit. Just say Jesus, listen to some music, read a good book, do something that will bring that inspiration and presence of the Lord into your life and get it back, get your joy back. If you're watching today and you've never known the Lord, Understand this, it's, it's not religion that I'm talking about. We're not trying to be religious people. What we're trying to be is people who are in a relationship with the living God. And it's different than being religious. We are in relationship. We are in fellowship. We, we, we have something in common. We, we partake together because we're connected to the Lord through what Jesus accomplished on the cross. He said it is available to all, to anybody. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter the color of your skin or where you live. It doesn't matter all the baggage in your past and the dysfunction and all the mistakes you've made and all the wounds that maybe you've caused others. It matters not to the Lord. You need to know that you're loved passionately by a God who wants to change you, transform you, and make you into a better version of yourself. This is why he came, to give us life and to give it more abundantly. You have been listening to the Stovall Pentecostal Church audio podcast. For more information about Stovall Pentecostal Church, including events, ministries, and service time, please visit our website at www.spcfamily.ca. You can subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast store, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts.